0: No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible.
1: Welcome to Simply the Bible, the through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Most of us think of Abraham as the man of faith, but did you know that he was also a man of war? We hope you'll join us as Pastor Darrell continues in Genesis chapter 14 on Simply the Bible.
0: I love war movies, documentaries, and books. I'm sure it has something to do with the fact that my dad flew 40 missions over Japan in World War II. Today we encounter the first war story in the Bible. We pick it up in Genesis chapter 14. And it came to pass in the days of Amraphel, king of Shinar, Arioch, king of Eleazar, Chedorlaomer, king of Elam, and Tidal, king of Goyim, that they made war with Bera, king of Sodom, Birsha, king of Gomorrah, Shinab, king of Adma, Shaneber, king of zeboim and the king of Bila, that is Zoar. All these joined together in the valley of Siddim, that is the Salt Sea. Twelve years they served Keterleomer, in the thirteenth year they rebelled. In the fourteenth year, Keterleomer and the kings that were with him came and attacked the Rephaim. In Ashtaroth, Karnaum, the Zuzim in Ham, the Emim in Sheva, Kiriathaim, and the Horites in their mountain of Seir, as far as El Paran, which is by the wilderness. Then they turned back and came to Enmishpat, that is Kadesh, and attacked all the country of the Amalekites and also the Amorites, who dwelt in Hazazon Tamer. Wow, that's a lot of names. This describes the first war mentioned in the Bible. And there are many names here with which we are unfamiliar, but we have a listing of the kings that fought, the countries they represent, the peoples attacked, and the places where the battles were fought. Four kings of the east fought five kings of the plain near the Dead Sea. The leader of the four king confederacy was Keralaomer, the king of Elam, which was northwest of the Persian Gulf in modern Iran. Evidently, Ketaleomer had subdued the nations of the plain previously, for they had paid tribute to him for 12 years, but in the 13th year they rebelled. So the following year, Ketaleomer and the three other kings attacked in reprisal. Verse 8, The king of Sodom and the king of Gomorrah, the king of Adma, the king of Zeboim, and the king of bela that is Zoar, went out and joined together in battle in the valley of Siddim against Ketaleomer, King of Elam, Tidal, king of Goyim, Amraphel, king of Shinar, Arioch, king of Elasar. Four kings against five. Now the valley of Sidon was full of asphalt pits, and the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled. Some fell there, and the remainder fled to the mountains. Then they took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their provisions and went their way. They also took Lot. Abram's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom and his goods and departed. So the five kings of the plain were no match for the kings of the east. They fled before them, even falling into the asphalt pits and some escaping into the mountains. So the eastern kings took the spoil of Sodom and Gomorrah and captured Lot, who was living in Sodom at the time. At first, Lot looked toward Sodom. Then he pitched his tent as far as Sodom, and finally he was living in Sodom. But the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked. Lot was a rancher, but he was attracted to this city. Had he remained in the land of Canaan closer to his uncle Abraham, he probably would have been fine. But those who love the world share its same fate. was a righteous man. The Bible tells us that, but he was living in a wicked city by his own choice. There are some places where God's people simply don't belong. Verse 13, Then one who had escaped came and told Abram the Hebrew, for he dwelt by the terebinth trees of Mamre, the Amorite, brother of Eshkel and brother of Aner, and they were allies with Abram. Now, when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his 318 trained servants who were born in his own house and went in pursuit as far as Dan. Abram was known among the Canaanite peoples as the Hebrew who dwelt as a sojourner in the land. This messenger must have known that Abram was Lot's uncle and where he could find him. Abram had formed an alliance with his Amorite neighbors, no doubt as a means of protection in the event that any of them were attacked. As soon as Abram heard the news, he armed his 318 servants. Think of how wealthy Abram was to have 318 fighting men who cared for his flocks and herds, not including their wives and children. But these men were also trained in warfare and had sufficient weapons. What an amazing man Abram was. Lot had not treated him with the respect he was due when they parted company. Lot chose the best land for himself, leaving the leftovers with Uncle Abe. But this didn't even factor in Abram's decision. What courage he demonstrated in the face of insurmountable odds. He was going up against four kings with their armies. What chance did he have? But Abram was motivated by intense love for his nephew, willing to put everything on the line to save him. Abram was all in. Evidently, he had gained great respect with his Amorite neighbors because they were all in as well. Together, they traveled 120 miles to apprehend the enemy. Verse 15, he divided his forces against them by night. And he and his servants attacked them and pursued them as far as Hobah, which is north of Damascus. So he brought back all the goods and also brought back his brother Lot and his goods, as well as the women and the people. With the military strategy of a general, Abram divided his forces, coming at the four kings from various positions and angles under the cover of darkness. They pursued them another 50 miles and defeated them retrieving all the people and goods, including his brother Lot. The fact that Lot is called his brother when in fact he was his nephew emphasizes that this rescue operation was done because of brotherly love. There are so many self-serving reasons that people go to war, but this was truly the most selfless of reasons. Abram was a mighty warrior to whom the Lord had given a great victory verse 17 and the king of sodom went out to meet him at the valley of sheba that is the king's valley after his return from the defeat of ketaleomer and the kings who were with him two kings would come out to greet abram as he returned from the battle the king of sodom and the king of salem but the king of salem got to him first verse 18 Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God Most High. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he gave him a tithe of all. Who was this Melchizedek? First, He was a king, the king of Salem, believed to be the ancient name of Jerusalem. Salem means peace, so he was the king of peace. Melchizedek means king of righteousness, so he was also the king of righteousness. Second, he was the priest of God Most High. This is the first mention of a priest in the Bible. He was not a pagan priest but the priest of the Most High God who made the heavens and the earth, the God of Abram. Third, he brought out bread and wine. Does that remind you of anyone? Fourth, he blessed Abram and God. He said, Blessed be Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. Whoever Melchizedek was, he knew the Lord, and he knew that Abram belonged to the Lord, and that the Lord had given Abram victory over his enemies. Fifth, Abram gave him a tenth of all he had. This is the first mention of the tithe in Scripture. It predates the law, which is why many believe it provides a good baseline for what believers should give to God. Who was Melchizedek that Abram should give him the tithe? Sixth, he appears in the biblical account without genealogy. In case you haven't noticed yet, genealogies are very important in Genesis. But we are told nothing about the family background of Melchizedek. Who was his father? From which son of Noah did he come? We know nothing. We would be left to scratch our heads were it not for two other mentions of Melchizedek in Scripture. Speaking of the Messiah, David writes in Psalm 110, The Lord has sworn and will not relent. You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. David said that the Messiah would be an eternal priest in the same priestly order of Melchizedek. Then the author of Hebrews spends 10 verses talking about him in Hebrews 7. He writes in verse 3 without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the Son of God, remains a priest continually. The fact that Melchizedek has no genealogy in Scripture makes him a figure of Jesus Christ, who is the eternal Son of God. Without beginning or end, he has an enduring priesthood just as Christ. The author of Hebrews goes on to point out just how great Melchizedek was for Abram gave him a tenth of the spoils and he blessed Abram. This proves that he was greater than Abram, for the lesser is blessed by the greater. So, who is he? Melchizedek. Remains a mystery. Some believe that he was a theophany, a pre incarnate manifestation of Jesus Christ. At the very least, he was a type or foreshadow of Christ, who is our high priest and the King of peace and righteousness. Abram proved that not only was he a warrior, he was also a worshiper. Tomorrow, we'll look at the temptation Abram faced after his amazing victory in warfare and blessing in worship.
1: You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at Pepperidge Elementary School in Boise. If you'd like to listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or to find out more about the church, just head to their website. It's at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. You'll find an email address there as well. Feel free to drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. Tomorrow we will see the comforting words that God speaks to the fearful and troubled heart. We hope you'll join us tomorrow for Simply the Bible.